What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Time is Ripe podcast. This is Scott Smith once again. I am your host here on the Time is Ripe podcast. This is a podcast of ripe creatives. We are a ministry based out of the great city of Philadelphia. And uh, it's going to be an awesome episode here today as we go back in time to March 4th through March 5th, 2023. We did a thing called Breakaway. It was a blast. And um, yeah, this is actually kind of like the second part of a two-part episode with the Renew Conference. Um, we did that event on Friday, March 3rd, and then we jumped into this breakaway shenanigan on Saturday and Sunday of the same weekend. So it's almost like a two-parter episode. If you didn't listen to the Renew Conference episode, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that first. Um, but this one should be great. And uh, yeah. We are super excited to uh, be able to talk about the breakaway aspect of that same weekend uh, here today. We got a couple of guests here to talk about this whole thing. Both of them are not first-timers. Uh, they are both returners to The Time is Ripe, and we are super excited to have both of their voices here on this episode with us. They are two of the crew that went down. Um, overall, the crew was Abel, DJ Angie, Rick Harmony, and Eves, as well as myself, and uh, a couple of those people happen to be in the room to talk about this whole thing. First up, Rick Harmony, welcome back. Yes, back like I never left. Literally, never left. Time is right. Rick <laughs> Harmony's on another episode. Shout out to us for getting Ricardo Labastida <laughs> on a couple episodes. more episodes. Dang, waiting for these royalties to kick in. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> good luck with those. <laughs> uh, we also have Eve's back. Welcome back, Eva. Ah, uh, it's good Marie. to be back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you remember back in season one, we did an episode called A Creatives Cafe, uh, where we talked to Eves. And that was such, it was literally on my top four mm. list of podcast episodes from season one. I absolutely adored that episode. It was great to talk to you there. And so much has happened since then. So much. <laughs> and, uh, so it's good to actually have you on another episode here on Time is Ripe. And it certainly will not be your last. So uh, the three of us are going to be here uh, talking about this whole breakaway thing because we were all part of the weekend. Shout out to Ant and Abel, who are not able to be here for this episode. But they will. their names will be said a lot mm -hmm. as we break this whole thing. Also, just want to briefly say thank you to Jerry Moses, a.k.a. Top Mob Productions for uh, recording and releasing and editing and producing this whole podcast. So thank you, Jarrett, for being in the room with us. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Cool, cool, cool. Now, um, context for Breakaway is that we actually did Breakaway Youth for Christ in 2022. Yeah. Uh, myself, Rick, Abel, and DJ Angie went down. Um, we got to be a part of the 2022 version of the conference. It was their first one coming off of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got to be kind of a little bit of the, the rebuilding that thing because breakaway has been a big thing for years and years. It's ran by Youth for Christ and it happens at the Ocean City, Maryland convention center. So it's in the big convention center down in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, so this is like a, we did it in 2022. We actually didn't do an episode about it. Um, but this was us coming back in 2023. How did you guys end up getting connected with uh, Youth for Christ? So I think it was actually the summer before that. Um, 
they did have that outdoor event. The heat wave mm-hmm. thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I hosted a week-long conference, basically. Yeah, I guess you could call it a conference. Yeah, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 20, you were the MC. Yeah, yeah, I was the okay. MC for Heat Wave, is what they called it. It said Wildwood, New Jersey. And I only got connected to them because one of the leaders, one of them is Gary Greco. He runs the breakaway thing. He also runs Heat Wave with another guy, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is actually from back where I'm from in Western oh, PA. Okay. And he recruited me 15 years ago to work for Youth for Christ, which I didn't end up doing. I moved to Philly. Um, but 13 years ago, I guess. But I, yeah, so I've like known Chris for So the connection stayed there. You guys are in relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, not totally. like deeply, but every yeah. year he was like, oh, you're doing that Philly project thing in the summer, so I couldn't mm. ever be a part of Heat Wave. Right. But he kind of said like, if that ever changes, let me know. Mm. And then whenever I stepped out of that, I got my summers back, you know, where I could be a little bit more flexible. And so he asked me to come uh, host gotcha. the, the Heat Wave thing. And then because of the way that we operate, where we're in community together, they didn't have a worship team for that first heat wave. So we basically formed Ripe Worship yeah. to go out and lead worship. And then we brought out artists every night at Heat Wave. So Abel came out and performed a heat wave. Uh, Namara came out. Claire came out. And then Jared actually ran sound for Heat Wave, too. Oh, that was sweet. one of our first connections, yeah. Wow. Like where we spent a whole week together out there. So the kind of the Youth for Christ thing has been building since then. Mm. And I've even done some retreats and stuff for them out in Ohio um, since then. And Gary's kind of become a fast friend. But they're bigger than just this region, right? Oh, they're national. national Yeah, international, I think. Yeah, they're huge. And Youth for Christ is like, it's like Young Life. Mm -hmm. If people are familiar with Young Life, it's almost the exact same model. Totally. Getting into schools, doing contact work, building relationships with kids right where they are. I'm really trying to reach kids that aren't in youth group specifically for Jesus right where they are. So they do like, you know, very contextualized ministry events. And then they take kids away to camp or heat wave or breakaway, Mm -hmm. you know, all these kinds of different conferences and retreats. I love that that was a huge part of what they were doing. Was that like... It's kids that just don't know really anything about Jesus and like bringing them into a room where they can like totally learn about him. Yeah, it's in a amazing. safe space. It's cool. Yeah, they do they do a great job with that. And um but yeah, that's a that's a little bit of the history. So we did it in twenty twenty two. And what was cool for me, right, is cause Gary trusted me enough. Gary and Chris trusted me enough to have me host Heat Wave. And then I was like, Hey, here's the worship team. They're gonna come in and serve. And I was like, hey, what if, what if we got some of my artists plugged in to make this even better for the students? And they like, were like, okay. So Abel comes to Heat Wave. And then it's like, oh, we got to get Abel back for Breakaway. Let's get you guys connected to Breakaway because that's another big thing that we do. They didn't have any context for Rick, but they trusted us enough to get Rick in 2022. And then coming into 2023, I was pitching them you, Eves, mm-hmm. as like, and he was like, I don't know about this this thing. And I was like, Gary, you didn't even know who Rick was a year ago. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like, you trusted us enough with Rick, like trust me that Eve's will be great too. Like it'll be different. But you know, if there's space for her, let's figure it out. So he, you know, created the program in such a way where we would have some choice on how to fit you in. Um, but I appreciate you coming because you weren't even mm-hmm. technically booked. Like Ripe was booked. Mm-hmm. The plan was always to take Abel and Rick Harmony and right. Angie. Um, but we kind of felt like it was a great opportunity to plug mm-hmm. you into something yeah. that we already had going on. Yeah, I was happy to be there. It was great. Great experience overall. It was definitely good. 
is definitely good. So, um, yeah, let's let's break this whole thing down. Um, we left Renew Conference Friday night, get to Ocean City, Maryland around 1 a.m. Eve's actually had another gig on Friday night in Jersey, mm-hmm. yeah. so you had a you came on your on your own Saturday morning. Yep, did a little road trip by myself. It was good. <laughs> well, glad Early. you were able to make it. <laughs> I was just going to say, we, we got there dumb late and had to wake up super early. Yeah, you did not have to wake up quite as early as I did, but yes. Because <laughs> I had to... I had to um, but you slept in the car. I did sleep in the car. Ooh, I, I wonder, I wonder who did not sleep in the car. <laughs> the driver. <laughs> Is that you? Um, yeah, Rick drove, Rick <laughs> nice. drove my car, our, our car, mine and Darlene's car, um, down to Ocean City on, on Friday night. But... So the flow of the event, just so to kind of try to give some details of this, there's basically these big giant sessions with students. There's, I don't know, five, 600 kids there. It's a big conference. Uh, I think at its peak, it was around like a thousand kids. I think it was the biggest it ever got. It's probably headed in that direction again, post pandemic. Uh, but they had, you know, hundreds of kids there. And it's like these big giant plenary sessions with, artistry, worship, teaching, um, mainly those things. I don't think they really do a lot of big group games because there's just so many kids. And then they break up into like breakout sessions in the afternoon. They come back for big sessions in the evening and then another big session on Sunday. Yeah, they don't really do like games, but they do like service aspects. Like how can they serve the community that they're... Right, right, right. Saturday afternoon, right. They did like a big cleanup of the beach and stuff. Yeah. Um, so still like a lot to the weekend, but I remember Saturday morning I got in, I had to get up super early cause I had to go host the, the first session on Saturday morning, which you guys were exempt from. Congratulations. Amen. Um, but I got to meet a guy by the name of Reggie Dabbs. Just want to shout out Reggie Dabbs. Um, one of the probably biggest youth evangelist people for the last 20 years, I would say 30 years nationally amazing amazing speaker he was fantastic he plays a trumpet on stage and uh he was the speaker for friday night when we were at renew so we weren't there on friday he was the speaker for friday and saturday morning and um you know i think the morning session was just kind of getting acclimated and then you guys pulled in right after that morning session yeah we seen we uh were you guys there for it no uh we had pulled in right at the end and uh for sound check yeah we met reggie but then he like went to a breakout session. Yep. So we got to meet him, and then um, uh, we did sound check. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we came for. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. did sound check around ten a.m., and that was the first time. I mean, you we had obviously been there before. Angie, myself, Rick, Aaron. So we kind of knew what to expect. This was your first mm-hmm. time walking into the convention center room where this whole breakaway youth thing happens. What yeah. was like your first impression walking into the room? I mean. Other than leading worship, it was definitely the biggest space that I've ever had to come into. Like, I just felt like it was the room was big. Like, I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot of people. <laughs> like, if this is what I think it's going to be. Um, but I don't know. It was just, it was a good energy. I think that being around the guys and them having the experience and, like, working with Ant and, like, troubleshooting track things and, like, just the patience and the overall humility around it of like, we've done this a lot before, but like we're here for you. We support you. We know it's a big room. And like, I don't know. It just felt very like I was, I was just excited because it wasn't, I didn't feel afraid of it or anything like that. Yeah. It was just like, there's an opportunity here. So to you do got something this. Fun. Yeah. You got this. 
Yeah, so just to kind of give um overview, like, so Eves is an artist on the lineup, Rick's an artist on the lineup, Abel's an artist on the lineup, Angie is the DJ for the conference for the time that we're there, and I'm kind of the host MC of the, the conference, which honestly, shout out to Gary for letting me miss Friday night to be there renew, because I know he did not want to have me miss Friday night. He had to get somebody else to MC. I think it was Tucker. He got Tucker from Painting Freedom, who was there, to MC Friday night. So I kind of was like the host MC for all of the sessions. And that was kind of the framework for us getting there. Um, this is a little bit out of order, but I think something that would be fun to kind of talk about is even predating us going. Uh, the Monday night before Breakaway, mm-hmm. we were all together for a couple hours. Probably should have been about 30 minutes, but I think it ended up being about three hours because Uh, of the way that we work together. Um, We all sat upstairs in a bedroom and talked about the flow of the sets because there was, what, five different sets that we had to fill. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time having Eves be a part of like sets with Rick and Aaron Mm -hmm. in a way of like, how do we make this work? How do we do these what song choices do we do? Like we had to plan out all right. the sets. Yeah. So do you guys remember that? Yeah. So we we were looking for easy transitions within our songs uh, and the songs that we wanted to to do, uh, so that it wasn't just like, all right, Aaron did a hype song and then Eve's did a, a worship type song. Like try to keep it consistent throughout that entire set that we had, mm-hmm. um, because. Right, like you said, there was f- five different sets, so we had to break up our song choices within five different categories. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So just really like thinking through our songs and what complements one another, and then also mm-hmm. uh, were those transitions smooth? Uh, we didn't want it to like end abruptly or end like feel like awkward, right? Like I think as an artist, sometimes like uh, if if you don't have a smooth transition. It, 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 the vibe of the room kind of like shifts. It's like, ooh, that that just didn't feel right. You know yeah, what I mean? It becomes a distraction almost. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Uh, we spent three hours trying to find those mm-hmm. transitions so that there was none of that in the room. So yeah, and I think it was new trying to fit my music into like what you and Abel do too. Like trying to figure out like how what songs that you guys sing have the most melody melody or is like what feel and beat transitions well to, um, to the music that I make. And then I think also a big part of it too, is like we were cast vision for like what kind of moments we were supposed to create. Mm -hmm. So like, were we hyping the moment or is it supposed to be worshipful or is it supposed to be more like, um, energetic or just any of those dynamics was always like something that I felt like we were keeping in mind. So we wrestled through those a lot. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Yeah, the five yeah. sets were like there was a mini super short set mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon session. Right. That was just you and Aaron. It was how like we, a 10 minute set. Yeah, yeah purely like for the sake minutes. of hype and like a sneak peek. It was like a sneak peek for yeah. Saturday night. So rather than try to fit all three of you in, we said, all right, we're just going to do Abel and Rick for that. And then Saturday night, there was a big pre show hype set that we decided to give that fully to Abel and Rick and you, Rick. And then there was a 12 minute like spotlight set in Saturday night because Saturday night's kind of the big yeah. session. Like that's kind of the everything's coming to a head Saturday night. 
And so the decision was, let's give Eves this full 12 minutes in the main session, give Rick and Abel this this joint 30 pre-show set. And then on Sunday, we had a pre-show set that was like 30 again and another 12. And mm-hmm. we said, why don't we take the Sunday two sets and make those intermixed mm-hmm. where you guys were kind of flowing into each other. Let's Let's keep it simple on Saturday. Just have Rick and Abel, who've done this together a bunch of times, do one set, have Eves do the other set, which I think was just like, a good plan you know i don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys felt that way well for for me personally i felt like our last set on sunday was like that was the most like smoothest set that we had Mm -hmm. uh even with all three of us sharing sharing that like uh i think we did one song each right Mm -hmm. um but all those songs all three of those songs just like transitioned well into one another so I think yep. that was like the smoothest the one. peak peak yeah. uh, we did this right kind of moment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that we all knew each other's music enough to to like be able to interact with one another. Like I knew the guys' music, and I feel like you guys were aware of Vessel because it's actually the song that I did at Cafe, the Creatives Cafe, months before. So it was it was kind of it was just cool to get to interact with like all three of us on stage. Together, it had a good energy. Yeah, Yeah. it felt like we had figured it out in that moment. We were like, "Oh, this is how this could work. (laughs) This could work." Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Let's just go through the sets real quick. So Mm -hmm. Saturday afternoon, Rick and Abe will do that quick teaser. Um, I just remember like the first time I got on stage and I walk out, you know, because there's probably 600 kids there. I would say at least 150 to 200 of them were there last year. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I walked out on stage with right across my chest, they were like, "Oh snap." They're back. <laughs> so they already knew, like, by Saturday morning, the buzz was already in the room. They're like, oh, the rappers are back, um, which I thought was really, really cool. Because by the time you guys came out for that mini set on Saturday afternoon, kids were so hyped. Like, you had, even without trying to prompt them, kids were running down to the front for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of wild because, like, uh, I mean, there was one kid in particular that I, I, I remembered. And um, he was like, you remember me? I'm like, yeah, I'll remember you. <laughs> and then he was like, uh, he's like, I, I still remember all the songs. And like, every time I would like look at him, like when Ant would play the next song, like he was, he was like shouting the lyrics, like knew it bar for bar. Like it, it was kind of crazy. Like I was like, dang, I, I don't even remember all every bar for bar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you might have to rap my songs for me. I haven't touched a couple of these in a while. <laughs> oh man. But nah, it was, it was like, um, it, that that like moments like that are like so dope because you're like dag uh like i shared on the on the previous podcast like you don't like sometimes as artists you don't get to see the fruit of like what you did at a particular event like that carries over with like the the people that are shepherding those those students but like sometimes we only get to see it if we get invited back or like unless those sh- uh, stories are shared with us, but yep. you don't actually get to see like the impact that you make with some particular folks. Yep. So yeah, I mean it was it was like palpable in the room. Oh, they're back, you know, even before you guys were seen yet, because you guys weren't even there in the Saturday morning session, but you could feel it. And um, that first set, I think, went went extraordinarily well. And you know, Gary was super pleased with that. The other thing that happened at that Saturday afternoon session was Runks got there uh runk runkles Mm -hmm. the evangelist from texas so he kind of came in to replace reggie Mm -hmm. for the rest of the weekend that's one of the things breakaway does that's super interesting is a lot of times they'll have 
two different speakers that will like split the weekend mm-hmm. um, that are very different stylistically, just in case, you know, different students connect with a different speaker. And that's what they did with Reggie Friday night, Saturday morning. We were only there for Saturday morning. Then Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday morning was going to be Runks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Runks is like this tall, skinny evangelist dude who's got ADHD out the wazoo. From Texas. He's from Texas. He has like, what's up, y'all, on his shirt or something. Pray for pray for Texas. Pray for y'all. I don't know. Pray for uh, Jesus, y'all. Jesus, y'all. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I might be Jesus, y'all. <laughs> you got um, the shirt. He gave you a shirt. <laughs> I haven't worn it yet. My bad, Runks. My bad. Um, but I just remember like meeting him and just super encouraged by like his energy and passion for Jesus, you know, like he was just super excited to be there. Um, and then one other guy that we mentioned, uh, Tucker from painting freedom, shout out to Tucker, Mm. um, super appreciative of him and kind of all of us like got to meet and kind of intermingle. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, man, tonight's going to be crazy. Like I felt coming out of Saturday afternoon, I was like, tonight's going to be great. And uh, we got to go get lunch with uh, Tucker mm-hmm. um, in the afternoon and spend some time with him, hear more of his story. And, um, you know, because I've kind of known of Tucker for almost a decade now, really. Um, but we've just gotten connected in the last couple of years. And we have, you know, visual artists in our team and yeah. visual artists who are serving. So there's been kind of a lot of crossover and cross-pollination connections, relationships happening. So I thought it was sweet. I was going to say it was cool to kick it with him. And, and also, I think... Uh, he was kind of encouraged. Like, I know part of our conversation, like, I was like, yo, like, your stuff is, like, dope. But, like, I just feel as though, like, visual artists, they don't get the, the highlights that they often sh- should should get sometimes. You know what I mean? So I, I thought it was super cool and interesting, even in the comparison of, like, last year to this year, to have someone like that and display their gifts, but also, like, share what, what, what God has been using them yeah. through it. Um like even like his his live paintings while he's uh while worship is happening right like I, I thought that was so dope where after worship he would explain his piece and it tied into like the message of the night so yep yeah he he's super super talented and it's like clockwork for him at this point right like he designs his paintings knows how to paint them exactly in the amount of time that he has and then be able to give almost like a devotional. It's like a mini devotional sermonette Mm -hmm. about the piece. And then it's cool because the speakers might not even know that he's even there, but they're able to take his image and tie it into their messages. And it's just like, Holy Spirit's doing something super cool. Yeah. The only other thing that we forgot to mention about that first session is pursuing JC. Oh, yeah. Um, The band, the worship Mm. team, um, they are like a professional level musicianship band first and foremost really yeah um more than even just you know like a typical worship squad Um, they're like professional musicians all super young so talented uh yeah i don't know where their trajectory is or where they're gonna head from nashville they go to some of them a couple of the students went to belmont but none of them for music they just happened to be there belmont's one of the biggest music schools in the country yeah but they're all based out of New York, though. It's kind of where Long Island. Long Island yeah. Right, they're up in New York. Yeah, they, they were super, super talented. And just kind of like even juxtaposing ripe worship, because we did, you know, Heat Wave. We're just different. You know, ripe worship has a totally different style and feel to pursuing JC. Yeah. And I think what was cool was to see Youth for Christ's like version of worship 
which is like that both and model of like really, really high quality worship, but also kind of like the cover band vibe. Like that's what they're going for. Like that's their Mm -hmm. ideal. Yeah. Because of the fact that most of the kids in the room aren't church kids. Right. And so they want to be able to have that kind of, you know, playing Taylor Swift's classics and stuff too, to connect with students that this is like their first ever Jesus conference. And I think for our team, I mean, Emily can attest to this, like that's not super comfortable for ripe worship. Mm -hmm. And I think it was cool for me to see a team that like fits what their mold really is, what Youth for Christ mold is. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Mm. Like I was super impressed. I was like, oh, this makes sense now. Yeah. Because for ripe worship, it just didn't really make sense. Because they can't really do that the same way that, say, pursuing JC did. The DNA is different. It's just different. Yeah. Like those people are performers. There's not a moment that's not full of energy in the way that it's not that, not that the worship, it's just a different style of worship. Like every movement on stage is like choreographed. They know it. Yeah. 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 It was. There's nothing that's happening that's a surprise. They're like the la- the sh- last showman or whatever that movie was. <laughs> the greatest showman. The greatest showman. <laughs> the last showman. The, the last, last showman. They are the last showman. <laughs> um, but shout out to Pursuing JC. Yeah, you guys, so great. They killed it all weekend, but I remember being like, oh, this is what the Youth for Christ best case scenario for a worship mm-hmm. cover band doo-wop thing that they have. I was like, this makes sense now. Constantly have the intentionality of captivating the student's attention. Like every moment is about captivating their attention. Yep. And shout out to Corinne specifically. Cool. Corinne is the drummer uh, from Pursuing JC. Yeah. But she also stepped in for one of our sets. Uh, On Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Saturday night. With Abel the and Saturday Mara. night session. Uh, she played for uh, all day. So all day, all day. It was cool. Uh, there might be footage soon of that if uh, Jared Fluck gets it to us. Yeah, not to be confused with Jared Moses Topmont Productions. Jared Different Fluck. Jared. <laughs> I've known him for a very long time. We love that man. He does all the AV stuff for uh, Breakaway. Shout out to Mr. Jared Fluck. Um, yeah, let's get to Saturday evening, right? So we uh, we get back in. Eves, you haven't performed yet up until this point, but. We get to Saturday evening, and this is like the big session. Like everything's kind of pointing to Saturday night. And um, Rick and Aaron do this like 30-minute-ish set with DJ Angie spinning uh, Corinne drums on one of the songs. And we just are off into the session like super well. And there's a whole bunch of other elements that happen. I think there's a comedian, right? Yes. And then you come up on stage, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Uh Were you after him or before him? No, I was, um, I think it was actually, it was the 30 minutes out with the guys and Corinne and DJ Ant, and then they had videos. Videos, right. Bumper played, videos. And yep. then you came out, introduced me, and then everything else was, I think, after me. Okay. So you were like one of the first elements of the Saturday night mm-hmm, big session. Because then it was the comedian, and, and then, then it was you, yeah. and then it was like, Ronks came out and did his yep. thing. So the, um, and worship was obviously in there too. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, so you do your 12 minute set. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though like the overlapping stuff on Sunday was really cool and it was great how we got to do it, I thought it was really important to give you mm-hmm. that standalone moment Yeah. Um, in front of the students. And Rick, Abel, and I, like leading up to this whole, should we ask Eves to come be a part of this? We just felt like there was such a value in having a woman female artist 
on Breakaway. Like there was just an ability that you were going to have to connect with young girls that, you know, they can connect as well, but just in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. Having representation on stage, that's something we even talked about in the last episode about representation is so important. And so for you to have kind of that shining moment, and for me, you know, I was like nervous for you, you know, because I'm like, you know, I'm selling this idea, Eve's trust me, Gary. And Gary's like, okay, I don't know who this Eve's person is, but we're going to give her a slot. <laughs> and then you walk out there, you do a couple, um, you do a track song first with mm-hmm. Ant, just get right into it, super smooth. And then you pick up the guitar and do some of your acoustic stuff. How did you feel doing that whole set? Yeah, I think, um, I feel like when I came out, I, I don't know if, I don't think that they were expecting me, right? Because the guys came last year. I was definitely like a new, a new piece to the like ripe puzzle. Um, but for me, like, I don't know. I just felt really grateful to be there, and I was in full trust of like whatever God wanted to do with the night. And I feel like every time I get on stage, I learn. But at the same time, I'm like, if we're in the moment, we're in the moment, and that's it. And so. Once the uh, once I came out on stage and I started into the track, um, I, I we did end up doing clean because we felt like it was the song that just like would resonate with the students, just like in big in, big entrance, big introduction of who I am as an artist. But it was cool to contrast like what I do with um, the muse, like the acoustic side of things. Like, and I saw the fruit of that later that night, talking with students, um, girls like young young girls especially like just being like the fact that you're a singer songwriter and you're traveling and like doing music and like um writing about Jesus but writing about what he's doing in your life like you could I could see that it influenced people but then also I had quite a few like um like it was both male and female students come up and just like were really impacted by the fact that like it was just a different vibe from the guys which I think mm-hmm. was really really positive like that they they saw the fruit in being able to like you guys do something that's really hype and it's rap and it's totally different and then when I feel like I was nervous about how the acoustic set would be received and like God was just so faithful and like it connected the right students in the room that maybe were feeling missed by other parts were like oh this one this one's for me like that arm of God reached around and kind of brought me in on that one that's a good image right there yeah like Rick and Aaron had the right arm going and grabbing a bunch, and yeah, Eve's had the left arm going and grabbing the rest. No, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I, I, in a word, I would say it was captivating. Like I was just there, you know, kind of rooting for you and nervous for you, and excited for you, and I just was like, oh, she, she's captivating this room. Like God is doing something through you right now that's super significant. Um, and especially as you like tag the worship stuff and with mm-hmm. graves into gardens and. That's what it was, right? Graves in the Garden. Yeah, yeah. Because the song I ended up singing was about like God's. I felt like it was important that when you're young like that, like you have so many different things happening in your life, and you feel like you don't understand like what God's doing at times. Like you don't know what your future is. Some of these students are going into college, or like they're just making bigger life decisions. What feels really big to them, um, and I just singing a song that was kind of just about like God's perfect plan and how he's the perfect gardener and then going into something that they knew really well um, that they could sing along to and like get the gist of what my song that I wrote was trying to say in something that they they knew really well. So Yeah, I love whenever people tag an original with something that 
people can know as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really special. Yeah, they was. I think they was banging or clapping too. Where you turn graves in the garden. Yeah, they filled in everything. Yeah, every yeah. single day. They, they, they became the drummers. I was like, I'm not going to do the hits. And then it didn't matter because they did them anyway. <laughs> They're like, we are Korean. We are. We are. <laughs> we are Korean. Yeah. Um, that was so good. And then um, we kind of had got to have a moment after like celebrating our first Eve set goes well. Um, I uh, The comedian comes out. I do a poem. Um and then pursuing JC comes out, and we kind of all were you down there for that? Or were you kind of still like recuperating? Oh no, I went down. Yeah, yeah for that so one. pursuing JC comes out, and they do the craziest cover medley. <laughs> it's insane in the history of medleys. I don't know what songs they did. It was like fifteen songs in a row, oh, like thirty more, seconds. I think it was of each. more than that. It was like I just remember being in the middle of it, and I was like, "How much? How much more can they do? Like, how much more ground could they cover?" Well, and it went on so much longer. <laughs> it was like Bohemian Rhapsody was one of them that they like put in throughout, right? I see a little... Yeah, and nah, they nah. closed it with that one, I think, as well. Because they had a violinist, too, so there was so they could cover so much musical ground. Like They did so much stuff. I can't, <laughs> even, I can't even remember all of it. No, I can't either. But it was like every 30 seconds, one of the singers, because there's like five different singers, is like floating to the top, and the choreography was crazy. And the guitarists are, you know, like uh, everything's wireless. wireless. The, yeah. yeah, so the, they're the, running the, around, sliding around the stage. The keyboard player's on a guitar. He's on a guitar. Yeah, the guitar. <laughs> He's on a freaking guitar. I was like, what is happening? And then they go into worship, um, and it was amazing. But I remember this is like a very small detail, but Runks was like really thrown off. I don't know if you guys even know this happened. We did. But Runks was super thrown off because he was not expecting, like, what is all this, like, quote-unquote secular music happening at this, like, Christian conference thing? Mm. Not really understanding from a vision standpoint of, like, who these kids are in this room. Like, this is is one of the building blocks for them to connect with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, similarly, I kind of feel the same way Runks does, personally. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know if you need it. Right. But seeing it done with excellence and done really well, I'm like, this is cool. Like there's some value in this. And clearly there was value in the sense of what God did that night. So, but Runks was kind of super flustered and like kind of disappeared for a little bit. And I was like, Oh, I need to go find him. Like one Mm -hmm. of my roles, like from the host MC curator is like to make sure the next person is set up. Well, sometimes that means introducing them a certain way. Sometimes that means like walking them off the cliff Sometimes that means going and give him a hug or praying for them or whatever. So I went and found him and we just kind of had a quick dialogue. And I was like, look, dude, at the end of the day, like all this other stuff that you're feeling, like that'll get figured out mm-hmm. later. But the most important thing is that there's 500 kids out here who need to hear about Jesus tonight. And that's your responsibility. And yeah. that's the only thing you can steward tonight is your message. I was like, let's pray. And he's like, thank you. So we prayed. <laughs> Pursuing JC wraps up with worship. Runks gets out there and gives an unbelievable message. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> there have other, uh, like, knowing the environment also, I think, plays into that, right? Like, because I've seen people also do that, but they do it well with the intention to, to like, captivate an audience with, with one of those secular songs, but also then pull them in with the gospel, right? Yeah. Jasmine, for example, the Nas piece, right? She'll, she'll rap the verse of, like, uh, I met a woman who's becoming a star, 
right? And then she'll go into daddy, right? Super powerful. So I, I think knowing the audience and knowing who you're like ministering to, and I think Youth for Christ, they know they know who who their yeah, audience they know is, who their right? audience is. Yeah, and I, I'm not here to debate what they do. Like to me, I'm like they got their, they have their mode. It's not a good fit for ripe worship. Yeah, stylistically, right? Like, and I get now why that is different. You know what I mean? I yeah. think seeing it done well, I was like, oh, this makes sense. But everything about their model, too, is that same imagery of the arms that bring and capture different parts of the room. Like, the comedian captures a different part of the room than who pursuing JC's medley is going to capture. Like, there are kids that, like, don't know any of the worship songs, so when they hear something familiar, they're like, oh, I feel seen. Like, they're humans, like, on stage. Like, they're humanizing yep. what worship is and, like... um and then the rap, and then the pa- the paintings, because like the students that were coming up to different tables, like you can see that like that's their niche. Like kids that are really into the arts, they're like, oh, I can do arts for Jesus. Like, oh, I can do like R and B stuff for Jesus or pop or singer song or whatever it may be, um, comedian comedic stuff. So it was really it was really cool to see that though. Like even with them bringing in two different evangelists, like they're trying to cover as much ground as they possibly can for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, and I think like the Runks thing, sending him off on stage, um, it was just like everything's been building to this moment. Like all these arms going out into the room, grabbing kids. It was to bring them into like a captivating moment where they're going to hear the unadulterated gospel. And then your spoken word piece as well will capture a different part of the room. How did you feel about what you shared. I know you were wrestling through two different pieces that you were going to choose. Yeah, I I was going to do a different piece like that was more the gospel, you know? Um, But then I knew that like JC was doing a medley after and I was coming off of the comedian. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it made more sense to be a bridge between those two things, do something a little bit more, you know, still have some depth to it, but more playful, like wordplay based stuff. Um, I think it went well, you know, I think I did my part. You know, I stewarded the moment. I mean, Gary was super happy with it, you know, and that's kind of my line there is like, am I honoring the person who brought us in well as he pleased with what was done in the room so that we can move forward to the next thing? Um, but what yeah, I just felt like I, I was a bridge. That was that freed agent piece. I did yeah, the NBA that's piece. so good. There were parents in the room that were like, too. Somebody came up to you afterwards and was like, I knew every single person that you were talking about in that piece. Yeah, that was cool. For sports, it was yeah, cool. Yeah, she, she actually came backstage to make sure she told me that. That was yeah. very adorable. Very kind of her. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, everybody played their part. And even in the way that you host and, you know, trying to keep things simple and all that kind of stuff, I think plays a plays a part, you know, not not trying to cannibalize the time on stage kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Runks gets out there, does does his gospel message. And it's hard to state this in just a sentence and let it sit, but 150 kids came to Jesus that night. Yeah. Out of a room of like five, 600, 150 kids responded to the gospel mm. to give their lives to Jesus in one night in that room. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, it was, it was like... It was like the Asbury anointing, you know, mm. where you're like seeing revival happen. And the Runks even said that throughout Saturday. He's like, I'm seeing more and more people come to Jesus at rates that was not the case 10 years ago. Mm. Doing the exact same stuff I did 10 years ago, same places, same same dynamics, 
more and more and more people are coming to Jesus right now than ever before, is what he he said. And then for him to get to celebrate that moment where 150 kids come to Jesus. And I love that it's in the setting of him like feeling a little flustered in friction. Because mm. it's just like it, it was never about how he was feeling anyway. Mm. Right? God was going to move that night. Um, but to see him like pierce through, you know. Because I mean, that's the same thing. Like the raccoon story from Renew, right? Like when things are a little bit crazy and out of sorts, that's where God moves the most. Like we lay this down before the Lord. We trust him to move, and then he did in such a powerful way, and it was absolutely beautiful. I was going to say this, like, I don't want to go too deep in, in down this rabbit hole, but, like, this generation craves authenticity. Yeah, Like, do. this generation doesn't want what what youth pastors or pastors were doing 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like, they want the, the real thing up front. They want you to not beat around the bush they don't want to hear a taste of it they they want to hear the whole truth of of what you've gone through what you've experienced what jesus has really done in your life this generation wants to know like what is real like and it even goes deeper like we had matthew on the on the on the last episode but even his son like he was like yo like the authenticity about sneakers through StockX and and goat like i, I just want the real thing i don't want to get caught with the fake thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like a lot of our minds need to shift on like what it used to be and what it is now. And like, how are we real in our lives and how is Jesus real in our lives? But I think that's why, right. Runks is saying, seeing like there's a big shift and why folks are coming to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Because they want the real thing. Yeah. And he is the real thing. That's the whole thing. You know too. what I mean? Oh yeah. Runks is, as authentic and honest as they come. I was talking He's, about Jesus, but Runks is pretty cool too. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is. My bad. I need I to go to the I was talking about Jesus, not Runks. <laughs> I'll repent. I'll repent. Jesus, but, my bad. My bad. Jesus used Runks and everything that he was going through. Yeah. No, I was just thinking in terms of Runks, like just super passionate, raw. Mm-hmm. Like his energy as a speaker, he's just pouring it all out. You know, it's just all out on his sleeve. But that's what I'm saying. Like, folk, folks want that. They don't. They don't want to. They don't want you to just read the scripture and then explain it to them. They want to see how Jesus is really real in your life. Yep. That's you know what I mean? That's a fact, man. Super good. It was. It was just a really cool thing to like play a part in what God was doing. And like you said, Eve's every aspect of the night was pulling different kids in, so that at the end of the night. God could could see 150 little babies come to come to accept what it means to to be a follower of Jesus and and start that process right. And we don't know the outcomes. Uh, we don't we know that seeds get sown on a lot of different kinds of soils. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always you know pray for those young people that they would be good soil and that it would take root in their heart and they'd you know produce much fruit down the line. So it was, either way, God was doing something really miraculous. Um, I remember talking to one of the youth pastors later that night um, who was like, yeah, probably wouldn't have come back. You know, he brought a group of eight out. He was kind of like annoyed with how the weekend was going a little bit. He's like, but then three of my kids stood up to accept Jesus. So I was like, I don't know. I guess we got to come back. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like on the surface. He was like, I don't know about this. But then three of his kids are responding. And that's like 
what you're saying, Rick, like what the kids need isn't what it used to be or what our view of certain things, what's successful from back then might not be what it is anymore. And thank God for people like Gary that are willing to stay attentive to the spirit and see what God's trying to do and honor that call between him and the Lord to put all these things in play in the right way to create the outcome that we got to see, you know? So, but yeah, both of y'all, all of you, Abel, DJ, you two killed it Saturday night. Um, did you go out with us after Eve's or did you go to bed? No, we went and hung out with the students. Yeah, we went to all You that. came to the beach? Yeah. I came to the beach and then I ended up connecting with the church that I used yeah, to yeah, go East to Stroudsburg. growing up, East Stroudsburg, which is a whole crazy story that is a tangent <laughs> in itself. But yeah. But post-show, I mean, let's just talk about that because I think that that to me is a part. We talk about this a lot on this podcast. It's never just about the stage time. It's always about the investment off stage. That's where a lot of the fruit happens for us. And we got a chance to go to the late night op, which was the beach. Yeah, we went to the bonfire, kicked it with some of the... It was the, freezing. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> so cold. So windy That on fire beach, didn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> yeah. That fire was down in a hole, man. Uh, I, I, was, like, I was about to get in that hole with the fire. It was uh, so cold. Uh, thank God I had gloves. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, like, we went to the bonfire. It was freezing too cold for a bonfire but uh we went and kicked it with a couple of the groups and then we uh chilled in in uh one of their hotels at, no it was at well, the it hotel was, that i was staying yeah, at. it was east yeah. hotel yeah but they had like a lobby with pools and parrots and <laughs> the parrots yeah <laughs> and uh and um yeah we just kicked it there and just conversing with some of the students and uh, yeah and i was talking to one of the leaders then yeah and we were because East. This is kind of a crazy story, but East Strasburg UMC, they have been one of our partner churches of Ripe Creatives since we launched. So when we launched Ripe Creatives, we sent them a letter. They set up a missions committee meeting with me in 2019, and they decided to partner with Ripe Creatives and have been for the last three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then they were there with students, but you have a wild connection with them. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, they were our like. My family didn't, I didn't really grow up in the church, but I grew up in a family where like Christmas and Easter, we would go to a service and that was where we went, East Stroudsburg, um, you know, Methodist church. So crazy. And, and what's, what's really wild is that like, I remember like, I was kind of like floating next to a lot of what they were doing youth ministry wise. So I remember them like bringing the van to the middle school and like picking up for Thursday afternoons mm, for jam, all of the guys that I was friends with. And like, I never got in the van and I came to a couple of the, um, like youth events on Sundays, but like it was probably, it was just, there were seeds being planted that I don't think I saw the fruit of until I was post high school. Oh my gosh, that's so good. But like, we were. I was talking with some of the students, and I was like, "Do you guys still go to like the bagel shop up the street?" And they're like, "Yes, the one by like." And they know like what I'm talking about, so it was kind of cool like to to talk through that. So but, wild, yeah. I know. <laughs> but that's such a small world to think like seeds were planted by a church mm-hmm. that's now giving to a ministry that you're reaping some benefits from. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Wild. When you put it that way, yeah, it does it's sound kind crazy. of insane. Like just legacy consistency there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond those conversations with East Strasburg, like leadership and making all that connection, I know we had a moment leaving Rick that was pretty funny. Leaving the the hotel. Oh yes, uh, that w- that was kind of wild because 
uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was late. You know, kid, kids. I don't know why they they was still up. It it was around, almost close to midnight. I say it's about midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are like still running from from rooms to room, and one of the girls had had said, uh, "Like, see ya," and I was like, "Bye." And then she's like, "Wait, is that is that who I think it is?" And I'm like, "What?" And then she's like, "Hold on." <laughs> she ran into the room, woke up the other ki- <laughs> the other kids in the room. This whole room comes downstairs. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Oh my gosh." It's Abel and Rick Harmony. They really, really here. <laughs> but what's even funnier? What's even funnier is that we had uh, seen the youth pastor like an hour before, and he's like walking past the lobby. He's like, "I'm not even going to tell my students you're here right now because they would freak out and they would wake up all the other kids." And they would all come rushing down here. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We're going to leave. And then the same the next day, The next day we find out. He's like, hey, they found you anyway, I guess. <laughs> it's like the Lord, like man was trying to keep it from happening. But that girl was out on that balcony. That was so funny. So all these kids come down. We're, it was like a celebrity sighting. It was super, super cool. And they were just like so funny. And they were like, can we get pictures? Can we get pictures? Um, but I just love the way like you and Aaron handle like being genuine, authentic in those conversations, but also trying to like point it back to Jesus, right. And point it back to your faith and like encouraging them to get connected with their youth pastors and get connected with their youth leaders. Um, you know, like stay connected with y'all in terms of like listening to your music and stuff, but they like community is how they, how they live this thing out. And one of the girls like got saved that night. One yeah. of the girls who was out there with us, like that was the night that she gave her life to Jesus. Um, and so we got to celebrate that with them too, which was Praise super God. cool. And they are now all on our community line and they text the line like every day. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in like 58 conversations consistently with all these students from Breakaway still. What they say? They said they, uh, when y'all coming back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're always trying. I think they're going to come to worship fest. Hey, praise God. Um, but yeah, it's just like really, really cool. We get back, we go um, to sleep, and then Sunday morning was our final session, and uh, and that was whenever you guys did the overlapping stuff. Um, do you guys remember anything from those two sets? Uh, I mean, you kind of talked about yeah, it already. I did allude but... to it earlier. Um, yeah, our last set was more of a worshipful type set where I have an unreleased song. Let me go. Yeah. Oh, when I sang, yeah, I got to sing on that. that yeah, was so uh, Eve it's stepped in. Good thing in. you let Eve sing on that song. Yeah, Eve stepped in and uh, helped me out. Uh, usually, I have to sing it, uh, but you don't have to do anything. You choose to sing it. It's I the mean, difference. It's, it, it, uh, it features Everso. Shout out Everso. Um, but only Emily sent me her vocals, so still waiting on the other two. And then maybe the song might come out. <laughs> put it on put it on blast Rick go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, <laughs> um, but nah uh, yeah I, I, I did that song and Eve stepped in and, and helped out and then I think we transitioned into your song right or was it Roller Coaster I think it was Roller Coaster we did Roller Coaster next. but I think it was cool because I was I didn't even think about it like ahead of time but then we got out there and I was like oh I know because that song has like a move like how do you like there's like a movement to the Oh, to yeah. the main to the main hook yeah the up 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 and down and like i was like oh i know this like i can help coach kids <laughs> to do this like because i've just been to so many of your events with ripe so yeah 
And then what was funny is like that song didn't finish <laughs> because I kept going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rick, we're not gonna talk about that. Rick Rick has this tendency to overstep the ad lib sometimes. <laughs> where Ann's trying to say something like super deep and Rick's like, Yeah, say it again. <laughs> Rick's like, you might be depressed, but and Rick's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I was like, Rick, what are you doing? I'm cracking up. We were debriefing that afterwards because that was, that, was, that was a little bit of a mistake. It was really funny. It though. was very funny to us. No, nah, they um, were engaged, though. They, they were. They didn't like- <laughs> Rick, we're not saying they were. <laughs> you got to pay attention to the cues. There's some social cues sometimes. Social um, <laughs> But Vessels was the last of the three. Yeah. And that blended set was was really, really amazing. Um, and even the, the pre-show set, like blending you, doing some different tracks in and out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we didn't do it on Saturday, but I'm really glad that we did try it on yeah. Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. I think the easier option would have been to be like, all right, so Rick and Aaron are doing the pre-show on Sunday and Eve's is doing that 12 again by herself. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to figure this out. We yeah. wanted to figure out, is there a way to blend so that it feels like Ripe is a cohesive team mm-hmm. that, you know, even though Eves was thrown in last minute, so to speak, really, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like that to the students. And I don't think right. it did at all. Mm-hmm. I think by the end of the Sunday, it was like, oh, Ripe is yeah. this squad of people, um, which I think is an advantage to all of you, right? They follow all of you individually, but they also follow the movement um, that you represent, yeah. you know, which I think is a really important thing, so... And shout yeah. out to Aunt G because he... That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Ooh, like For him to transition that well. Oh, he transitioned it so well. And like, he's just... Mm-hmm. I think that people don't realize like the value of a DJ at the caliper that he is. Like what he's capable of. And then how much he knows the music and how much he's able to like... Like he can, he helps you cultivate the moment. And like, now I'm like, now me as a spoiled. artist, I'm like, I'm never doing an event without him. Like, otherwise, like, I, cause it's just, cause he gets, he gets like what the, like he knows how to flow. Like he's not just putting songs on, like he's not just like cueing a track and then just like letting it happen. Like he's watching everything that the guys are doing and I'm doing and like, He's ready and he has cues like thing like he's cued things up to like loop and follow them and follow myself and I feel like I really that was something that was just really cool for me to collaborate with him on because that morning we sat down and I was just kind of like these are some things that I'm not sure transition wise and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna come in on time on this one song and he's like Eva like I'll just use I'll just bring it in and I was like wait you can do that and he was like. Yes, that's what I'm here for. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is so <laughs> awesome. Like it was, it was just really cool to, to experience him that way and see him like really do his thing and like, yeah. Yeah. He's a cheat code. I mean, that's why so many of our events, like Jared knows this. I mean, my, my conversations with like block parties and all that kind of stuff starts with Ant's, availab- Ant's availability and Jared's ava- availability. Yeah. Like I'm like, if I have those two, we can build lineups. Right, with ripe artists that are available or artists outside of ripe that are available, we can build a lineup for a show. But I need Ant because Ant creates such a level of excellence, mm-hmm. and I need Top Mount Productions because you can't run a show without a sound system and not just a sound system, but one that's engineered right. Right. So that's like my starting point for almost everything that we do. Uh, but Ant, yeah, he just brings a level of like class to the 
to the way that he does things that's super, super special. And I thought it was funny to hear you kind of get spoiled because the same thing happened to Rick and, and Aaron a couple years ago with Ant, where Aaron was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever want to do shows just off a laptop or a phone anymore because this is such a different level of professionalism. And what we've seen is whenever you do things the right way, there's a higher degree of being brought back. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you just show up with yourself, a laptop, standing on stage, dancing around, like, I mean, Rick's seen artists do this and you're not, you're not trying to bring them back. You know, <laughs> you know I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just like, unless, unless you, you've developed a craft where you do have a, a good plug and play, like, but that's in the stand, that's in the, like, that's still reliable on a DJ because for instance, like Ant still has all my concert versions of the files, but he created a majority of those. So if he were to yeah. just send them to me and I could plug and play, but I also don't have the accessibility to like have transitions at all. Yeah. And loop anything when you're trying to talk and minister to a kid, like he's looping stuff back. Also, he can yeah. add sound effects. Like there was one moment where the kids like didn't know where to clap and he just like Oh yeah. You mean they couldn't clap on beat. He couldn't clap on beat and they were he was just like, Okay, here we clap, go. Clap, just clap. clap yeah. Clap, <laughs> Perfect. Clap. And it got them like on the right moment and it happened again and I kinda just like turned around and I like like motioned to him and he was he knew like he's just he's really attentive and like he's a professional. Yeah, he's yes. a pro one hundred percent like we are super blessed by. He changes Ant. the vibe for sure. Yeah, and Thank then you. his ability to like, obviously transition the music that he made that joint set that we shared me, Aaron, and Ricks. Do you want to know something crazy? This just tells you about Gary too, right? Ant was brought in just to DJ the sets for them last mm-hmm. year. They had another DJ booked for Youth for Christ, somebody who DJed Breakaway. Or not Breakaway, but Heat Wave the summer before. Remember him? Uh, Jarrett. He didn't actually have a name, so we gave him uh, DJ Doo-Wop was his nickname. But he, <laughs> he like was super good. He knew what he was doing. He, he could sing, too. He was like super energetic, dancing, DJ kind of thing. Um, but he was booked for Breakaway originally. And I was like, well, Abel and Rick need Angie to do these sets successfully. Like, this is a big opportunity for them in 2022. Like, you know, we're not going to not bring Angie. And he's like, well, I don't want him. He's like, I kind of feel bad because we already have a DJ. Gary and Ann had one conversation. And Gary's like, all right, so I'm going to tell the other DJ to not come. And can you <laughs> DJ the whole conference? Oh, wow. Because, like, he realized, like, oh, he really does this. And it wasn't that the other DJ hadn't done weddings or whatever else. Like, he had... But as an artist DJ, there's a different level to do that. You know, anybody, I'm not saying anybody, but there's a lot of people who can DJ a wedding and just play songs and dance around. Oh, no, you there's have a to, very you, different level of excellence that you have to have to, to DJ artist sets. He knows how to blend and like... Is that fair? Change. Oh, no, yeah, it's great. It's totally... So There's a different level of musicality that goes into... Like, he's... In a, in in a huge way, he's a musician on stage when he's right. yeah. Yeah, he's a band. It's like, it's he's like, the band. It's like having a band. <laughs> you have to like, you have to be precise in your in like. I, I don't know how to describe it on this podcast, but visually, if you've seen like what his computer looks like, like the little little mountains, I'm gonna describe them to y'all as <laughs> <laughs> the frequency. Yes, but the the little mountains have to line up. 
<laughs> I'm dead. The little mouse. This is like me talking about your computer, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 without showing some someone, you're good. You're good. The little like, mouse. how am I gonna a uh, frequency? What's the, that look like? The little heartbeat, Jones. You yes, got it. Sure. <laughs> but if they don't line up accurately, like you hear a skip in the song or something, or mm-hmm. you hear um, just something so abrupt, like. It just doesn't sound good sonically. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, like the way he he transitions us well, uh, like from one song or to another, or even the, like the way, like for instance, the one that comes to my mind uh, with uh, "Fireproof" for Aaron. Yeah, right. Like he'll take the drum pad and and like maintain the, the beat. Yeah. yeah, like he'll find the BPM and he'll speed it up. Yeah. He's manipulating the BPMs of the song as the song's going, mm-hmm. to, so he has enough breath to be able to do the first verse yep. a cappella and still get in at the right beat pattern. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, you can't teach you can't teach a DJ that's just there to like play music and create a good playlist how to do that. Yeah, that's why I told yeah, Gary. I was, was like, just... Gary, no, we're still going to bring our DJ. Like, you can have another DJ do the conference. That's fine. But Ann is our this DJ. This has to happen. Yeah, because it's and he like was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't want to offend the other guy. And then, you know, it ended up working out. But now, guess who the DJ was for all of Breakaway? <laughs> Again, this year, it's Ant. And that's what happens with Ant. Like, you put them in a room somewhere, they always want to have him He's back. also just the best as he's a human a, being. He's big papa bear. He's the yeah. bishop. He's sliding with the, the slides. <laughs> sliding with the slides. Now, Ant's <laughs> just got, like, a huge shepherding, like, pastoral Humility. care heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Gary appreciates that a lot. Um Connecting with students after the uh, after the shenanigan, any uh, like Sunday post show, we've done our five sets. Runk's final message, pursuing JC's wrapped up. We're cleaning up, packing up. I know I didn't really talk to a ton of students because I was packing up the the gear and everything else. But did you guys talk to students out in the lobby at all? Oh, it was it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like it really was. It, I mean, it's always good to connect with folks, right? Like we never want to portray it as like oh we're these untouchable like type of people like you only see us on stage and that's the only place y'all ever gonna see us like nah we make it more genuine and real like nah meet us we'd love to converse with y'all um and there was actually one girl in particular uh who came up to us tears flowing from her face she's like i just gave my life to jesus and Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's amazing like Praise mm-hmm. God. And then uh like her her youth leader was like even crying. Like it was it was just like a real genuine moment and like you don't always get to experience those from the stage, but when you make yourself available, like you get to see the impact. You know what I mean? So good. Yeah, I felt the I felt the same way. I just <clears throat> getting to take the time to just ask students like what their favorite part was or like what how did it impact them and get to hear them say like or ask questions on like how they can do it like because I think that I've said this before on the podcast I think but if art doesn't inspire somebody else to create then it for me as an artist it gets questionable because I'm like it should like when you hear something like it should I don't know I think it's it's the the goal is that it makes other people want to make art right and so then to interact with the students, a lot of the conversations I ended up having were like, how did, how do you decide like 
how do you write your songs or like how do you stay consistent or like and like I think it sounds really practical but I think God is a God of practicality as well like as much as he can move in the spiritual and people are being moved emotionally and mentally and in a way to like interact with Jesus I think also like there's a practicality of being like in a discipline to being an artist of like I'm cultivating cutting out this time to like believe that God can use me and use my giftings and use the words that I have inside of me to make a song and being able to share that and have conversations around that with some of the students was just really, really cool. And, um, their, their excitement to just to like meet somebody who they feel like is doing it, uh, is humbling because sometimes I think that we're like, are we, we're doing it, but are we doing it? (laughs) Like it can, (laughs) Yeah. You kind of have that moment where you're like, it's. I think it's the imposter syndrome kind of thing where you're like, I'm doing it, but like, am I really? And then you get around these students and you realize that like, when you were their age, if if the shoe was on the other foot, this would feel like the we're doing it, and yeah. it's like gives us something really, really important to steward. So mm-hmm. well, that's so good. I mean, that's the thing, guys. Like, at what point do you start to accept that you are really doing it? You know, we just had the episode with Leah Ren and. You know, I think that was the first time with the co-bill with Peter Collins. And I think on that episode, that was the first time she said, like, I think I can do this. And it was like, yeah, no duh. Like, you're so stinking talented. Like, mm-hmm. we are all aware that you can do this, like that this could be your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's catching up to believe that that's true, right? And that doesn't mean you might not have to balance some other vocational thing or tent-making kind of situation as you build, but... Can you do it? Yes. And you already are in ways. You know, that's something I have to constantly hear from O'Dane up in New York, my uh, my brother who runs the ology, right? And he has been like such an encouraging, exhorting voice in my life because he's like, dude, you guys are like the Christian ministry arts thing in Philly. Like, don't shy away from the fact that y'all are that. Like, you guys are the movers and shakers in the city. You guys are doing events. You're traveling. You have artists gigging. You have shows that you're putting on. You have growth, you know? Like, you guys, like, don't hide from the fact that God is using this Mm -hmm. in the same way he's using them up in New York. Like, embrace that. Yeah. Um, That we do have, like, a flag that we're carrying in the city of Philadelphia together as a community that, you know, it's not to put put down anybody else's artistry thing that they do through their church or whatever else. It's cool. But we do have a mantle to carry, and we do have favor with the churches in the city, and we do have favor in the secular spaces in the city, and we shouldn't be afraid to to say that we're doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I, I'd need to hear that myself, too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good for, for you to acknowledge that as well. It's beautiful. Um, it's good, guys. It was a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really thankful that we got to do it together. I'll just also say on Gary's front, like they never bring people back the next year. They don't do that. And that says a lot about how well we did in 2022 that they even had us back in 2023. Um, because it's always new people because they're always making it new. And the crazy thing was, was he, he literally said, you know, on Sunday afternoon while you guys were wrapping up with these kids, he's like, I think we got to have lunch about 2024 stuff. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, like, cause it's so out of the box for breakaway to bring people back. Right. Let alone two years in a row. Like I think three years in a row might be a stretch for them. Yeah. 
but he's like, I still want to talk about it. So I don't know what will happen there, but I think it's a testament to how like you guys have stewarded not just the stage well, because that is such a small percentage of the weekend. Mm-hmm. You're only on stage, what, two hours mm-hmm. out of 24 or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 36 hours that we were there. Like, how do you steward the rest of it? Yeah. And I think that, you know, going to the bonfire and hanging out with kids at the hotel and, you know, talking to them in a parking lot and like those things is a part of why you, yeah. you're at the top of their list, you mm-hmm. know, for ripe to be included in what they're doing is because of the stewardship stuff. And as an artist, right, like you you converse with other artists and they tell you like, no, nah, just do what you came to do and then go chill. Right. I've. I've always subscribed to the mentality, like, give it all while I'm here and I can rest when I get back. Right. Like, I have that flexibility, that capability to to do so. Like, I don't need to go back home and and then create this mindset of like, all right, that was work. And now I got to continue work and then rest on my normal rest days. Like, no, nah, if I if I got booked for an event, I'm going to give my all that entire weekend. And then I'm going to come back and rest. And I think that with that mentality, I've seen so much fruit out of it, like relationally, that they're sure I may not be pulling in thousands and and millions of streams of week. But I've seen consistency in my music and across social media on any way that the folks that I interacted with, um, to stay connected with me in in some sort of way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think um, with that, it it feels more personable than more so like, oh, like that's just so-and-so and and they're untouchable, you know? So. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, there's a sustainability thing in there, right? For other artists, like, because they're like, I said this to Aaron, right? Like you can't, maintain relationship with a hundred thousand people right but can you maintain relationship with one at a time or 30 Mm -hmm. in a room yeah you can and it's just be faithful and obedient in the moment like don't go hide after the set go get your go you and jesus go spend some time together pray you know keep your heart humble right repent of whatever pride's going on ego like all that stuff yeah you gotta have moments like that but then get back out and jump around with the students during pursuing JC. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's who we are. And that's who we, we have to be that. We have to be different in that way. We can't be hiding behind closed doors. We got to be in with them. Because you have no idea how much that, you lifting your hands, closing your eyes and worship, gives somebody else permission to do the same. Yeah, you're modeling it for them. Yeah, you're you testifying it that them. it's a real thing in your life. Like it's not just. This is not a show. Yeah, you're not just showing up and like doing your thing. It's like you can actually take posture of like somebody who adores the Lord. Because we do. Because we do. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I And it's it's not to throw shade on anybody else. It does it a different way. But that was a big burden in my heart in launching Ripe Creatives was seeing the Christian music, Christian artistry industry thing and thinking there's got to be a better way than this. It's no different Mm -hmm. than the secular realm. It's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> and to me, it's like driving home that ministry mindset, that ministry philosophy, that this is not, we are not here to gain. We're not here to sell ourselves. We're not a product, you know, 
And I, yeah, I, I love the fact that we have a team of people that get that and we're all in that together. So shout out to Gary Greco for letting us, uh, no namer artists from Philadelphia <laughs> growing our names, right? Get this opportunity in a big way with uh, breakaway. And I pray it's a partnership that, that lasts a long time. So, and who knows, we might be doing heat wave in some, some level this year too. There's been conversation about that. So we'll see if that pans out by the summer. Um, but youth for Christ, shout out to them, uh, nationally, internationally, amazing organization. Um, if you're looking for a youth conference to send your students to, uh, definitely check out breakaway, uh, youth for Christ. It's a great, great, great conference. I think it's breakawayconference.com or breakawayconference.org is their website. Um, Rick Eves, thank you for, for being here on today's episode. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Top my productions. We love you, sir. Thank you for doing everything you do to make these podcasts happen. And uh, finally, thank you to all of our supporters, all of our partners in ministry through Rape Creatives. Without you, none of this stuff happens. So not only does the podcast not exist, but the things that we get to do don't either. Uh, So thank you for partnering with us. If you are here, you stumble upon this episode, you do not partner with us. If you would uh, consider going to our website, ripecreatives.com, click the Give button and... uh, potentially partner with us at whatever um, capacity or frequency is right for you we would greatly appreciate you considering doing that because it helps us a lot thank you guys again for being here and uh, as always until next time stay right amen